Welcome to a brand new episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Co-hosts Amanda Ware, our Christmas queen and founder of Hello Holidays, and Dr. Carol Osborne, our multi-venture guru, are ready to sit down and share their stories, insights, and wisdom to inspire aspiring trailblazers like you who are gearing up to start your own business, seeking personal growth, or looking for that spark to set your soul ablaze. Okay, Kara, what is a conversation that was really meaningful and impacted you? What's a conversation that you will never forget you had? The first one that comes to mind is like years and years ago, this woman named Kitty Ernst, who is like a force of nature and sort of the like grand dam of uh, midwifery. I was in school at Vanderbilt and she found out I was from Kentucky and immediately launched into like why I'd made the wrong decision in schools and I, I should be in Kentucky at Frontier and you know that I needed to be back in Kentucky and I didn't do anything about it. It's not like it changed my mind at the time but it's something that I've carried around with me for like years and years in so much as like just that idea of how we can impact whatever our home community is. It's fine to have adopted homes and to, you know, traipse around, and certainly I'm a gypsy at heart, so I have, but, um, yeah, like she, you know, from her perspective, it's not an accident that you're born where you're born, and there's something that you're sort of intended to do there, and so as much as people move away from home for various opportunities and whatever, that, you know, there are uh, reasons to sort of go back and circle back. Oh, that's a that was really that was she made you think about something that you that for a long time. Yeah, that is powerful. I think I'm going back to that too of like being more proud of where I'm from and I'm catching Harry and, and I'm that way. Like I'm so used to be embarrassed to be from Arkansas because it felt, you know, like Arkansas is just like nobody. It's like, I'm so glad I'm from Arkansas and South Arkansas. You're not like, I'm so proud I'm from here. You kind of have this, like, distaste for now that I'm older and my kids growing up in Northwest Arkansas is so different. My kids are proud to be from Arkansas, and I don't want to leave Arkansas now. Like, now I'm like, okay, this is my, I want to live here forever, but I want to, I want it to be like you too, and I want to go all the places. And So how about you? What's a conversation you remember? Well, the first, the one I remember the most, and I'm, it's like, but when, as soon as I had Harry, no, as soon as I had Georgia Kelly, and I went to my grandmother Georgia's house to introduce Georgia to the Georgia, which was, my grandmother died a year later, so I think it was a huge deal for her to have a namesake. She looked at me, I mean, I was ready, to, like, I was married to the man of my dreams. I'm ready to have all the children be the, you know, baby, Chad Ware's baby mama. Like, I'm ready for that. And she looked at me and said, okay, you don't need to have any more kids. Two's enough. And it broke my heart, hurt my feelings so bad. And I was like, grandmother, why would you say that to me? Like, she's my biggest fan. If anybody, she'd be like, yeah, you should have all the kids. You'd be a great mom. She's like, no, you like your, you like your time too much. And boy, was she right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, grandmother Georgia, for those last words of advice. I have a 13 and a 16-year-old, and I can't have any more. I can't yeah. do any more children. I can't. I really love my nieces and nephews. We have God kids. I'm crazy about my friends' kids. That's enough. Yeah, you know, that that's a real thing to have somebody who knows you, whether they have known you for a long time or they just get you, sort of 
be willing to kind of push on something, even though they know you're not going to like it, right? I'm sure she knew you weren't going to like that. Oh, who wants to be told that? That's rude. I mean, if someone tells you not to have kids, that's just rude. <laughs> but she was not. She was the most unrude. She was not a... She did not share her opinions, ever, unless asked. Like, she was very, so her giving me that was a gift. She sure didn't want to have to tell me that. She sure didn't want to say that to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that I had her in my life to do that. Yeah, that was a conversation that I listened, and I'm glad I took the advice. How about you, Abby? Me? Conversation? A conversation that you remember that was powerful and you won't forget. There was this time, I was like... This, I was like really struggling. My family was fighting a lot and like it was rough and it was like a time in my life where like my church was my family. Like I would be there as much as I could. And I had this like mentor. Like, I was just like really struggling with like my faith and like I just had so many questions and like whys and just a lot. And he said like it's okay if like your faith isn't strong enough. Like you can stand on my faith or something like that. And it was just like really powerful, especially to like a little kid. I mean, I wasn't like little, little. I was like in high school, but it was just like impactful. It just like took the like the whole world was caving around and then like I felt like I was losing my faith. And he was like, well, if your faith isn't strong enough right now, like you can stand on mine. And so it was just very impactful. Oh, huh. you know, I think that's actually a really good one to talk about in general is like, <clears throat> Sometimes things are too heavy for just one, right? And we're meant to live in relationship and community and human beings are relational beings. You know, the idea that there's any part of us that's an actual individual meaning completely self-contained is a joke. That's just not true. Uh, human beings are, by nature of our biology, interactive the way that we reproduce, for example, means that that's just necessarily true. And, you know, I remember you telling me, uh, like, one of, I can even picture it, we were standing in your garage, like, one of our first conversations, you were like, woof, that's a lot. Like, why don't you, you let me carry some of that? That's a lot. What do you mean? What were you carrying? You know, like the mom. Oh, stuff. The, yeah. Oh, know, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help carry that. Cause you did, you, you. It was like, you're. It was to you, like to me. If what you, what I, what I had learned, I, I would have broke. I would have been broken. <laughs> I would have been broken, and it would have hurt me, and I wouldn't have liked the community I lived in. You are built so different. Like it. You're built so different the way you compartmentalize and you give grace to people who absolutely do not deserve it. And so when I heard that, so when I kind of was getting to know you, I was like, oh, oh, I got this. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm make your life easier. If I can make your life easier, I'm going to do it because I, I love you so much. And I don't do that for very many people. I just do it for the people I like and just head over heels for, which is, there's a lot of people who know I'm head over heels for them. Well, but I think that's like a gift to say to somebody like, oh, you should not do that by yourself. No. You know, the Bible says that, like carry one another's burdens. And I've heard that my whole life and I believe that. Like I believe carry one another's burdens. I felt like in the church it was, let me just pray for you. And that was the carrying the burden. That just does not fly for me. If you tell me you're going to pray for me, I, I don't feel like you're giving me a gift. It does not feel that way. Other people who have needed prayers 
and felt like that was the best thing someone can do for them. For me, it's like, no, you come in there and you carry it with me. Like, you get in my garage, you come in, you see it, and like be in lock in there with me, and then that's carrying it. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what, what being a midwife really is. Like, what is that anyway? And it's that. It's like yeah. being willing to like get in it mm -hmm. with the mom when she's going through mm -hmm. like physically the mm -hmm. biggest test mm -hmm. that we have as women is childbirth and I think that's a real different thing than saying here let me make you numb from the waist down and drag your baby out with forceps right it's saying I'm just gonna do this with you I'm going to like you can do it we can all do it and you know and thinking about just how we approach life in general I think it's so much more meaningful to get in it and like really do life, do the icky parts mm -hmm. with somebody as opposed to like, here, let me fix that for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so true. And yeah, that's so true. Golly, I, you are, I, what I thought about, I should do a what I thought midwifery was before Kara. <laughs> After Kara, what being a midwife is, because I don't, because I don't need you to help me birth my babies, but I need you. I need you in my life. Like knowing you now, I don't ever want to go without having you in my life. And so it's like a gift. I can see like the midwife thing. Like, man, you do make life better. Being your friend makes life better. It's your midwifeness. It's just like the, I've called you. My world was shattering. I felt like something hard was in my face, and it felt terrible and you are you were like oh let me you said it just like this and it was like I would never you said it just like this I would never have let anyone else do this you go oh I get to practice my wing four yes and you came over and you did you let me just go super dark mode you let me say the dark stuff that I would never I wouldn't even say it you know Chad some because it just felt like it wouldn't help anything to say these dark emotions it won't make anybody feel better and you're like you just do that that like feeling it and you I never had anyone experience that with me and now I'm able to do it for other people because I saw it and hopefully I'll get to do it for you I'll get to be able to like let me practice my digging into emotions and feeling dark <laughs> with you yeah well I think that you know traditionally you would have been a midwife after you saw a bunch of babies born as a kid as an apprentice or as you know going to burst with your mom or your aunt or whatever and then you know you would have had your own babies and then you would have attended other people's births and I think that part of like social living is kind of how like healthcare's gotten such screwed up is people don't go through just normal stuff with each other mm -hmm. we're all so separate and isolated mm -hmm. and when somebody's sick, they tend to like stay home and go into like hermit mode. They're not like if you lived in community, if you lived in, you know, think about sort of, you know, native tribes or whatever, if you're living in shared space, if somebody's sick, everybody knows and everybody's pitching in, right? It's, it's not a, like you have to go ask somebody to be on the prayer list or whatever that awful food thing is, meal train. Meal train. Uh, it really makes the people on the meal train feel better. Like that's really what it is because they feel like they can do something. And I, 
I did, have I told you, I know I've told you about trying, thinking I wanted to be in medicine and like, I want to be in delivery. I would love to do that. And I volunteered when I was 16. Yeah. And I, when day one. Day is a candy strapper. You're like, no. no. Exactly. I was a candy strapper. I was like, these, all they, they were just so needy. These women are needy. I got to get out of here. And then I became, a, I was needy too. I was like, how many days can I stay in the hospital and y'all take care of me, please? So I laughed, but they put me in the neuro. I asked, can I switch? They put me in the neuro unit, and I loved it because everybody was brain dead. They didn't need me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were so grateful for anything. <laughs> the, the labor and delivery unit, they ain't grateful for, they were grateful, but they ain't grateful for anything. They just seemed very needy, and it was dirty. <laughs> I'm so glad, but there's people who do it, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel that way about teaching little kids. Like, I like being a teacher in the way I'm a teacher, but teaching little kids is like being a professional mom. <laughs> it is. It's so fun. I don't know. I wasn't very attentive to needs, but boy, I had that fun. That was fun. <laughs> kids are so much more fun than adults to me. Yeah, for my I age. agree with that. Why? I agree with that. They're just not so cynical. Yeah, they're not cynical. And the older I get, the more cynical everybody around me gets. And then it makes me, I, I, it's, that's the one thing about growing older I'm disappointed in, is how much cynical and, like, joy's not as welcome in the older age group people as I grow older. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's easy, like, society, re, American society reinforces cynicism and, like, skepticism and, it's like you know it's encouraged it's the news like people wouldn't watch the news if they wanted to see happy stuff yeah that's why i don't i know me neither i don't watch it <laughs> yeah thank you so much for listening to another episode of the soul blazers podcast Kara and Amanda, your soul-blazing big sisters, are just laying the foundation for all of the amazing things to come. If you want to stay up to date on new episodes, be notified of any discounts, or get a glimpse of what we are working on behind the scenes, go to soulblazers.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, soul blazers.